Hello and welcome back to Future Prairie Radio, where marginalized artists explore the future through the lens of the arts, humanities, and culture. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth, and this is Season 3, Episode 15, Through Questions About Hands, with Arcadia Trueheart. People being involved in their own healing and in a collective healing by, you know, going through that process with other people, that is something that I'm looking forward to in the future. How much of who we are is our body, you know, and how much is something else? But I think that all theater and performance should be a practice for reality. But I think the process is about practicing and it's about... Arcadia is an artist who uses drawing, painting, interviewing, storytelling, shadow puppetry, mask making, and performance to explore the human body and our connection with one another. She's currently working on a project called Handmade Stories Live, a multimedia theater performance that invites the audience to explore how our hands hold formative and enduring stories about who we are and our role in the world. These stories come from drawn portraits of hands and interviews she's recorded with Portlanders about their vocation and life through the lens of their hands. Here's Arcadia. My name is Arcadia Trueheart, and I use she, her pronouns. Um, And I think that so much of my identity and different identities show up in the work that I create, and especially in that creative process and the journey to get where I am now with my art. I grew up in Portland, and the first and probably biggest influence for me being an artist is being raised by parents who are working artists and so it was art was always very much integrated into my life there was a seriousness about it because it was the work it was you know how my parents made a living and I was very involved in that I was always on on job sites with them and around their studio and kind of making things on the sidelines and it was also really integrated in just kind of our relationship and our and play. And I'm an only child. So I have a very close relationship with my parents. We would go on road trips and spend just a lot of time quietly drawing and painting wherever we were on the coast or in Eastern Oregon. Now, looking back on it, I can see that art was also the unspoken religion of our family. And by that, I mean looking closely, being observant, and appreciating beauty, and also, and truth. And that was just a big part of what they taught me, or more like what they modeled to me, and what was part of my life growing up. And now I have a lot of gratitude for them, for everything they taught me. And at the time, as a child, I think I really wanted to be different than them. And find a way to kind of be my own person. And so I got into theater and performance, which to me felt very different than visual art. And I was involved with circus theater, with uh, aerial dance, and then more traditional theater and acting. 
as a teenager and early 20s. Looking back on that as well, a big part of that for me was exploring my queer identity. And uh, and I wasn't out at all as being gay at the time. And so, but I was very, very curious in different ways of being and how other people are. And it kind of felt like this hidden something about myself that was different than other people. And so it made me very curious about all the ways that people are, especially internally, um, and what we might not see about other people, what their experiences are like. Over time, theater more became not just kind of this exploration of personalities for myself, but learning about theater and social practices. I spent time living in Guatemala and in Bolivia, and in those countries had the opportunity to observe and participate in a number of different groups that use theater of the oppressed and also theater and more of kind of a healing modality. So that has really inspired my work. And it's really important to me to have that social justice practice through theater and that stories be amplified in that way and shared in that way, like specifically by the people whose stories there are, they are. With Handmade Stories, that project, the seed of that started when I was in college and I went to Western Washington University up in Bellingham. And I was taking this radical theater class and we were supposed to create an assignment for ourselves that brought randomness into our work and also chance. And so I made myself kind of these series of clues to go around town and whoever I ran into to ask if I could draw a portrait of them. But I quickly realized that it would be less intimidating for both me and for the person that I was talking to if I drew their hands. And so the project was essentially to draw their hands and I would do that. But while I was drawing their hands, they would start telling me about their hands. And through that, they would tell me all about their lives. And there was one person in particular, I remember who was a painter and he told me how just two weeks earlier, he had gone blind in one of his eyes and how, because his vision has had changed, like the way he was able to use his hand and his brush had also changed, which made what he made really different had completely changed what he painted. And so stories like that really fascinated me. Several years later, I applied for a grant with Awesome uh, Portland to do a project in which I interviewed people specifically about their vocation through the lens of their hands, what their hands do in their vocation, what they know how to do, their experience in that and how it informs them as a person. And you know, I, I began to see that hands could really be kind of this map. I remember interviewing one person who is a farmer and he was basically just showing me his hands and going through every scar or mark on them. And each of those held an entire story about his family and where he lived growing up and his culture and religion and healing practices. And in that project, I displayed those drawings in public parks and would just invite whoever was walking by to come and write their story on the back of a pre-printed postcard. And then I sent all those postcards out. So everybody got a postcard from an anonymous other person in Portland with a story about their hands. And it wasn't so much part of that grant or that project to be doing recorded interviews, but I decided to anyway. And so when I applied for this grant with RAC, Handmade Stories Live, the idea 
was to bring these recorded interviews to life in some way. And I love interviewing and oral history, and that's part of what I studied in college. But I've often felt that just, uh, you know, a transcript or recording that gets archived away somewhere, it doesn't do justice to the aliveness of that initial interaction. And especially with that project, I was often interviewing people at their place of work. And so I was, you know, in the back of somebody's food cart or in their metal shop or on their farm. And those were just such rich encounters for me. I felt kind of this selfish experience that I had gotten to have this encounter and, you know, be gifted with these stories of the people I was talking to. And so I wanted to find a way to bring live performance, which I really believe can bring so much life and, and heart and energy to whatever the subject is. Uh, so to use those interviews as the inspiration for live performance using shadow puppetry, as well as live music and audio, edited audio from those original interviews and poems that I've written in response to them. And to to combine that into a performance for, for the public to watch. And I really started this project two years ago, kind of in um, like rebellion against technology or just wanting to remind people of the importance of touch and of physical connection and being in the same place as somebody. And also, you know, to see more and more like jobs and skills that are done with the hands are undervalued and not paid in the same way. And, you know, jobs that are done touching with the hands, touching a you know, keypad are valued at such a different way. And so that was an important part of the project for me. And so in terms of the future, I mean, this is kind of like, it's the present now, but it's the future from when I started it, um, is just, you know, how do I bring in technology? Because I do really appreciate technology during this time, especially. And I think that it's been important for a lot of people. But yeah, that's just a question that I have going into the performance now, um, how to kind of how to hold both of those things. Future Perry is sponsored by the Oregon Community Foundation, dedicated to improving the lives of all Oregonians through the power of philanthropy. We thank them for their financial support and leadership as we co-create the future of a healthy, thriving, sustainable Oregon. So much of my work is connected to the body that it always has been. from when I was, you know, 11 years old and doing aerial dance and expressing myself through my body to then learning about mask and puppetry and having this opportunity to create a body that was outside of a human and then bring, put life back into that kind of inanimate object. And then learning about other people's stories through their body, through, you know, through asking them questions about their hands. And so for me, this pandemic time, quarantine, and I live alone has really made me look inward and start looking at my own body, which is something I didn't, it was always about kind of 
understanding other other people's bodies and stories. And so during this time, I've really started exploring like, what is it like to touch my body and how does that experience look visually? And I really love to use painting and drawing as a visual language to describe an experience you can't really describe in words. And then in terms of with the future, I think that it's really important that audiences, that the stories that they are hearing are going to inform them in some way, which will then inform how they are moving in the world in the future. And my hope with that is for more curiosity and compassion, you know, hearing some people start knowing that these are people who live in Portland and, and that their hands hold this, this huge wealth of stories and, and bringing more curiosity into like, what are other people's hands like in this city and what do they know and what have they experienced? In terms of future for myself as an artist, I really want to continue along this path of exploring interior experiences of my body and then also kind of sharing that sharing that technique and and you know the way that I'm doing it or opening up to how how it would work best for others to do it of really taking the time to get them to get to know themselves physically and then to express that in a visual way and I've been working with a friend of mine who is a theater artist as well exchanging images that of these experiences of touching our body as and then creating dance movement pieces inspired by those images and sending them back and forth to each other which has been this really beautiful way to kind of connect that's not actually in person or touching and it feels really healing uh it feels really healing for my relationship with my body as well and so for me a, a important part of my future as a person and an artist and a member of this community is more and more bringing healing into art that's always something that I've admired in other artists. I really admire the artist Lily Ye, who's worked around the world. She's Chinese and has worked in places all over the world, creating healing art parks with people in places that have experienced a lot of distress. That experience of people being involved in their own healing and in a collective healing by you know going through that process with other people that is something that i'm looking forward to in the future A big influence for me is Theater of the Oppressed, which is basically around the idea that normal people, people who aren't necessarily trained actors or performers, uh, are involved in practicing a future that they want to see. And whether that is standing up to their own oppressors or interrupting discrimination and oppression or creating better relationships with each other. You know, it's, it's not a technique that I have actually spent a lot of time doing personally, but it's something 
that I really admire. And I think that even outside of that specific technique, and it's kind of a very specific way of doing theater, but I think that all theater and performance should be a practice for reality. You know, it's this, it's this improvisation and it is real. It's this opportunity to create something that's real in the moment, but that's a practice for life. And I think a lot of ways, a lot of art forms are like that. The biggest thing for me is having limits. And by limits, I mean structure. Some of the limits that I think, you know, that are pretty easy are just like a limits on what materials you're using and how much time you have to make something and how much space you have to make it in and what you're making it about. And if I think about, you know, if you had all the materials in the world in front of you, you could make something about anything and you had as much time as you wanted to make it, it would be so overwhelming. And it also might not be very poignant and specific. And so, you know, I would say to others that we all have these restrictions already. And so to be grateful to them and to use them as a guide and as a structure and to limit it even further. And one of the the ways that I've done that for myself is I'll just make kind of an assignment or an exercise for myself. For example, like I will listen to the news for half an hour and then I will make something for half an hour using only paper I I find in the recycling bin. It's not like the thing that I'm making is this masterpiece, but it is about the process of being creative. You know, the the whole kind of debate about round process versus product, like I really do believe in high quality product. Like that is that is very important to me, but I think the process is about practicing and it's about um, practicing being concentrated and really absorbed in something and also spontaneous within that and playful. The whole project I did with Handmade Stories was really around limits and structure I made for myself, which was that I was only going to draw people's hands and I was going to ask them about their lives, but through talking about their hands. And so having that limit, not just asking about them, them about their lives in general, brought up much more specific stories that then illuminated who they were in a larger way as a person. And the same with now working on the Handmade Stories Live project for the performance. Some of the ways that I'm working on that and setting limits and structure for myself is I'll listen to one of the recordings and then I'll just type whatever, you know, words or phrases catch my eye, catch my ear, and that I can type fast enough. And then I use all of those to put into a poem And then I cut up small pieces of paper and make like 20 ink drawings that are inspired from that poem. And then maybe like one of those ink drawings inspires a shadow puppet that I will make for the show. That can be done, you know, really easily just just creating a, a limit of time and material and subject and then and playing within those boundaries. If you'd like to check out Arcadia's work, you can visit handmadestories.org. This episode was written and produced by me, Joni Whitworth, and edited by Matt Larimer. If you have any questions or feedback about the show, please feel free to reach out at futureprairie.com or on social media at futureprairie. Thanks for listening. This will be the end of season three.